0: Welcome to another exciting weekend message from Encounter Church. For more information, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Well, my name is Jared Lanza and I am the lead pastor here at Encounter Church. And it is so good to see every one of you with us today. We are back home. We are at Arsenal Middle School and I am thrilled to be here. If this is your first time with us, you might... Uh, might be interested to know that we actually just moved back here. It's been we've spent the last three months at a school just down the road called Wool Slayer because they have been doing some construction and renovation here in the building. Well, it is all done, and we are thrilled to be back in our home, Arsenal Middle School. And so we're glad to be uh, be back here, and uh, I think our entire team is, and hopefully you are enjoying your your stay with us today as well. So I think as we move into this next season. I think it's probably fair for most of us to say that we would all agree that we would like to see more for those around us and in our own lives. I think, you know, we want to see lives changed around us. We want to see people healed from addictions. We want to see marriages restored. We want to see the hurting and the broken be healed, right? And we know that, like, I don't think any of us in the room would say that we don't want that to happen, and we may even believe that God has some kind of plan to partner with us that somehow I could be involved in that, like you and I, right? The, the problem is, though, is that we're not sure how to make that happen. We're not sure how to go about being a part of it. I think most of us, again, in the room would probably agree that we have something here in this room that we can't find anywhere else. The hope that we have in, in having a relationship with our Creator, you can't find anywhere else, I mean sure we you know the things that we have in our life the good things we have we have you know in things that we can enjoy throughout our life but no matter what at the end of the day we will be left unsatisfied unless we have a relationship with Jesus a relationship with our creator and for those of you who have a relationship with your creator with Jesus you know this hope that I'm talking about there is there is just something that is offered here that you can't find anywhere else and so the problem is, is that it can be confusing for us. It can be intimidating for us to think about my part in that. Like, what is my role in this? Okay, so we understand that, yes, I want people to be healed. Yes, I want people's lives to be fixed. I want relationships to be restored. I want hope to be brought back in. But what exactly is my, my role in this? And so as we move into this next season, you know, we're finishing out the summer. We're moving into the fall now. We have dreams for ourselves We have dreams for our friends, we have dreams for our family, for our communities, and we want more for ourselves, for our lives, we want more for those around us, but in order for that to happen, we have to create spaces for opportunities to happen for God to do something in our lives. For, for God to do others in other lives. And so what we're talking about today is making room for more. It's making room for more. We're about to move into a season where I just dream that God will do incredible things, but we have to make room in our lives. We have to make room in our hearts. We have to make room in our church for God to do what he wants to do. You know, a couple years ago, my sister moved into our house. She had just graduated college at Valley Forge Christian College, and she needed a place to stay. And, and my She had just gotten out of a pretty long relationship, but it was a very difficult and filled with turmoil type of relationship. And she was in a period of transition. She didn't know what she wanted to do. She didn't know where she wanted to go. So we offered for her to come and stay in our house. And so we converted the basement room of of our basement into, it was a laundry room. It had, you know, we did laundry down there. We did cleaning. We had storage space. We converted it into a bedroom. And so we put a bed, we put up some curtains to cover it around, we put a TV and a dresser and a rack with clothing. We made space for my sister to be able to live with us. And she lived with us for about five or six months. And during that time, she was able to sort of find some personal healing through the process that she had, you know, having been separated from the man that she thought she was going to actually marry. She had just graduated school. She kind of got some bearings and knew where she was going. She was able to put her feet on the ground. She got a job and was able to move out and find a place. And she's built her own life. But that happened because we created a space in our home. We made room in our home for her. And I think in our own lives, we all, again, desire to see people made healthy and whole. So it's not so much a question of desire as much as it is an issue of space and effort. I think... We're busy, right? We are all busy people. We have our lives are filled with busyness. We are our jobs and our activities, and we go to church and our family life and sports and, and classes and everything that we do, our lives are full. So it's not so much an issue of desire that we have to want to see people I mean, whole. I mean, everyone in the world, even the Miss America pageants, when they ask, you know, what would you like to see happen? Everybody always answers, world peace. Everybody wants good things to happen. It's not an issue of desire. It's an issue of space and effort. And so we have to get to this place in our lives where we can move from this default desire and turn it into expectation and action. See, nothing is going to happen in our family's life. Nothing's going to happen in our church. Nothing's going to happen in our community. Nothing's going to happen at work until we make room for something to happen. But I promise you, that if we create space in our lives, in our families, and in our church for God to move, he will fill that space and will do incredible things that we cannot do on our own. So in other words, we have to make room for more. And so we can say it in another way like this, if you don't have space, you won't have grace. That's, a, that's an easy, simple way to say it. If you don't have space, in your life, if you don't have space in your church, if you don't have space in your family life for God to move, you will not have that grace that you desire. You will not see people be healed. You will not see your relationship with your families or your spouse or your kids be reconciled. You're not going to see your neighbors, you know, get out of that funk. You're not going to see the the friend come out of their depression. You're not going to see those things until we create space for God to move in them. So the question then is, is how do we get ourselves from a place of where we are right now? This sort of desire, we want things to be better, but then there is this gap of where I want to be. I mean, that's really most of our life, isn't it? Isn't most of our life spent where I am and where I want to be? And I think a lot of the times we don't know how to get where we want to be. And so today we're going to look at a passage in Scripture. There's a story, a great story in the Bible that, that, that illustrates this principle. And I think we're going to learn some things that we can apply to our own lives. So as we move into this season and we're excited about what God is going to do, I encourage you and I challenge you to not just look in this as your life is, how can I go to church and get more out of church? What I'm, what I'm trying to say is change your perspective. Change your perspective. What are you dreaming about for your life? What are you dreaming about for your family? What are you dreaming about for your community, for your neighbors? What is it that you would like to see? What can change? And as we go through this this story and we learn, let's see, what is it that my role, what can God do in my life? And let's read it together. So if you have a Bible with you, I encourage you to pull pull it out and go to 2 Kings chapter four, 2 Kings chapter four. You can follow along with us on the screen. If you have a tablet, you can turn it on and go to 2 Kings chapter 4. You can open your Bibles. We also have notes, a notes page in your program. I encourage you to pull those note pages out and to follow along and to get a pen out and to write down the notes here. But we're going to start in this really incredible story. It's very interesting. 2 Kings chapter 4, we're starting in verse 8. And it says this One day, Elisha went to the town of Shunem. A wealthy woman lived there, and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. She said to her husband, I am sure that this man who stops by from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. Okay. Now, this is Elisha. Most of you have probably never heard of Elisha. You probably have heard of the other gentleman with just one little difference of a letter. His name is Elijah. Okay, Elijah is considered one of the greatest prophets of God ever. Elisha actually did some incredible things as well, but he's a different individual. He's sort of the apprentice of Elijah, okay? So Elisha was a man of God. Now, during this time, during the time when the Bible was written and this story happened, there wasn't a whole lot of access to, 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 to God and to Scripture and to church. It's not like it is today where you can just pull out a tablet and get to the YouVersion Bible app. You could probably turn on some cable access network and, and find a church that you could watch along with. You could you know go on the Internet and watch a myriad of church services online. You can, there's probably four or five churches in your neighborhood. It's very easy. You can go to any store. You could probably go to Walmart and find a bunch of Bibles for sale. But it wasn't like that during the time when this story took place, okay? So what happens is is that Elisha, who is a man of God, would go from town to town. And what he would do is he would go wherever God directed him, and each town he would go, he would preach the good news about what was happening and what God was saying to that people. And that is one of the ways that God would communicate messages to, to the people in that village. Now, this particular lady knew what she wanted. She knew That the only way she was going to be able to meet the desire in her heart. So here we are talking about this desire. She had a desire to know God. She had a desire for God in his word to intersect in her life. But the only way that that was going to happen is if she took some kind of action. She, She made an expectation and put action to it. So she went out to find Elisha and said, hey, come and have dinner at my house. So she took the step. Now we understand this. Any of you who are in the business world and understand networking, that's what was happening here. She went out to find a connection with someone that she didn't already know for a benefit or a purpose that she was trying to meet. That's the whole point of networking. So any of you who are a part of networking groups or websites like LinkedIn or anything like that, this is the same concept, but sort of an old school version. She just went out, made an invitation to join something and to, to build a relationship. So that's what's happening here. This wealthy woman knew that she wanted something and she went after it. She created a space, an expectation for an outcome that would meet a need. So what can we learn about making room for more in our life, about making room for more for God in our, in our hearts, and making more room for people in our community and in, and in this church? What can we learn about it? The first thing is, is that making room for more begins with an invitation, I mean, that's the first thing we saw here. The Scripture points it right here. She urged him to come to her house for dinner. Now, this can apply all across the board, specifically at our church. In order for people to know that our church exists, we have to make an invitation. We have to tell people that that there is a church that that they'll get something out of that is a life-giving place. In your program today, you should have received... Some invitation cards for our series that begins next week. It's called God in the Movies. We are intentionally creating opportunities to make it as easy as possible for you to bring your friends with you to church next week and, and all throughout September because we've created this message series specifically for them in mind. I mean, who doesn't like movies? Everybody likes movies. And we're crafting the messages of each sermon of each week around the movie of that particular week we're going to have clips they're going to go in from the movie and we're going to explore the deeper meanings of the particular movie right here in service and people are going to be amazed they're going to say wow i didn't know that we could pull that out of this movie and it's going to be a lot of fun we're going to have candy we're going to have popcorn we're going to have sodas we're really trying to make it a lot of fun so please invite your friends but this is also true in our own lives not just with inviting people making room at church but it's also in our own lives if if you feel like in your your particular walk of faith with God that you don't, that you feel like God is not close to you. Maybe you feel like your life is dry. I would say it starts with an invitation. You have to begin by inviting God into your house, into your place. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus at all. Maybe you're in a place where you're saying, you know what, I have been searching for faith, but I just haven't found what I'm looking for. You could be like Bono, right? Like the U2 song. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. But maybe you know that there's something happening right now, that God is tugging on your heart in this moment. It begins with an invitation. But maybe you actually have already decided to follow Jesus, and you have a relationship with God, but you're like, I want to go to another place. I want to go to the next level. I want to grow my faith. I want to be excited about my faith again. It begins with an invitation. If you want more friends... If you want your neighbors to to be welcomed, make an invitation to them. It all begins with an invitation. Now, there was an interesting statistic that I found this week, specifically relating to people coming to know Jesus. Tom Rainer, Dr. Tom Rainer, in his book, The The Unchurched Next Door, the statistic says this, that 82% of the unchurched are at least somewhat likely to attend church if they're invited. 82%. 82%. That's an incredible number. I think we actually have this on the screen. If we could, could switch to that slide. 82%. And that number is astonishing to me. That tells me that the majority, the vast majority of people that we know would be willing to attend church with us at least once if we just asked them to go. And what that tells me is that our problem isn't that people are willing to come. The problem is that we're not asking anyone. In fact, there was another statistic that said that it was something around 90% of churchgoers admitted in the survey that they don't ever invite a single person all year to go to church with them. So if we are moving into the fall season, and we want, as we said in the beginning, if you resonate with the fact that, yes, I do want people to know Jesus. Yes, I do want lives to be changed. I do want people who are struggling with addictions to have that broken off of their life. If I do want someone who's hurting because of a relationship that has gone sour, I want them to be better. If you want marriages and families to be restored, if you want the kids in your community who are struggling because their family life is broken, if you want those things to be healed, that we have to stop wanting it and start taking some kind of action and it begins with an invitation. I'm not asking you to run out into the streets and ask everybody you know. What I am saying is just find somebody that you know personally and say, hey, we're having this really cool series about movies in our church next Sunday. Would you like to come with me? You have an invitation card. We have done everything we possibly can to enable you to do this. And 82%, 82% said that they would come if they were invited. I think that's an incredible statistic. So. Making room for more begins with an invitation. But secondly, it's easier to make room for more in community. So the next part of that scripture said: this is the woman. She said to her husband, I am sure that this man is who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build. Now I know what let's means. My wife just said it to me, just said it to me today. In fact, we were at home and she goes, Hey, what do you want to do tomorrow? and it's Labor Day, and she said, hey, let's put up the pictures, right? Let's. That means we. That means I have an idea. Let's do it together. Let's means let's build something together, like those Home Depot commercials. Let's build something together. Let's. She understood that it would be easier for her to do what she wanted to do, that it was, she would meet the need in her relationship that she was trying to accomplish with this person if she brought her husband along for, for the ride with her. It is so much easier for us to build relationships with people. It is so much easier for us to navigate some of those maybe awkward moments or uncomfortable settings where we're trying to, to have conversations with people. I mean, because let's be real, if I'm trying to invite someone to church or if I want to talk to somebody about my faith, it's not always the easiest thing because our world is not. Most of the, there's so many people in our world where it's just, or this is a taboo kind of a concept, you know? People don't generally want. To to hear about your faith. Like, they kind of consider that faith and politics are kind of like most people would say that's something that's private, right? And I'm not saying that you need to pour yourself out and, like, you know, let everybody know all the time, everywhere you go, in every situation. But what I am saying is that if we're going to take this place to an expectation where I want to invite people to church, I want people to know that that Jesus loves them, well, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to have to have conversations with them. But it's so much easier to do that in community, in relationships. And so in scripture, There are actually 59, 59 one another commands in the New Testament. I think we have it on the screen here. 59 different commands types of phrases that talk about community. We have things like be at peace with one another. We have love one another, honor one another, live in harmony with one another, accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you, serve one another in love, carry each other's burdens, forgiving each other, encourage one another daily. You see, the entire idea of, of our faith is to be an inclusive faith. It is that we were not meant to live this alone. I mean, we just finished a series last month or earlier this month called Together, which was all about living life together. We're talking about our life groups that we're starting because we're pushing this idea that we truly believe that our life in faith in Jesus is meant to be lived with other people. It's so hard. It's hard enough living life alone by yourself. It's even harder to live a life of faith alone. We are meant to live life together, and we can fulfill our purposes together as a church. Just last week, we had our back to school bash, and it was incredible. Almost eight hundred people came to the park, and we were able to serve them with the love of Jesus and give away over three hundred backpacks. There was a whole group of Somali uh, refugees who came to the to the to the park for the for the event, and we were able to give them backpacks and serve them. It was such an amazing day because we served together. You see, people in this community know about our church not because of one person, but because of the efforts that we have all made together at our big hunt and our free market that we just debuted at that event as well and at the back-to-school bash and all for an entire year before we even launched our church. We were out in our community together and now we're starting these life groups and that's an easy place for you to invite a friend to hey, why don't you come out? Just, uh, you know, it's Tuesday night. Every Tuesday, I go to this group and we just hang out with a bunch of friends and we just kind of study the Bible together. It's great, you know? Like, you would be surprised. Somebody who maybe is searching for something, they'd be like, yeah, sure, I'll go. They might even come to that group before they even want to come to your church service. Why? Because there's something about community. It's easier to make space for more in community with other people. Let's rely on each other. Let's support each other. And this is, this is not just about Sunday morning. It's not just about life groups. It's about both. We're trying to create a space for invitation. We're trying to create an expectation for more people to come to know Jesus. All right. And the last thing is this. Is that if you're going to make room, you may have to convert space that could be used for something else. So she said, let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed a table, a chair, and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. Okay, so let's look at this house. There's a, a picture of the house on the screen here. It should be a picture of the house. Okay, so this is what it could have looked like. In the Middle East during this time in this town of Shunem, this is a, an illustration of what a house would have looked like. So there was, there was this space on the top of the roof, which is flat, so the sun could get to it. Oftentimes, it was used for storage. Oftentimes, it was used for drying fruit. There was a variety of uses that that specific place was designed for. Now, in order for her and her husband to build a new room, they had to convert that space that was used for something else and change it for what they were trying to do. So you're going to have to convert. If we want to make room for God in our lives, there may be something in our personal life That we have to change. I mean, we all get up to go to work in the morning. We come home and we have to make dinner. If you have kids, you have to do your kids' homework, or maybe you have a sports activity, or maybe you're part of a community group, or maybe you work late, maybe you're in classes. We all understand that our time is limited. But if you want to make room, you might have to make some changes there, just like they made changes. Now, there are also costs associated with building projects. There's always hidden costs, So we have another image of a home improvement project. This is a perfect example of it. Anyone here, anyone raise your hand if you've ever done any kind of home improvement or any kind of renovations in your home. Okay, you know that what the budget that you set for that is never what it actually equals out to be. There are always hidden costs associated with your renovations or with your changes. So it could be an inconvenience. It could be an inconvenience. It could be the attic, right? So if you wanna take that attic and turn it into a playroom, well, it could have been storage, but now you've turned it into a space, so now what are you going to do with your storage? When my sister came to my house, we created space that was used for something else. We had laundry down there. We had uh, storage space that was there. We actually had a, had a mat down there for our kids to play, and, and there was a TV down there, and we had other things that we moved out of the way and, and actually caused some inconvenience in a way because we had to stop doing things the way that we were doing them in order for us to be able to make space. Now, why would someone go to all that expense? Why should I, why did the woman of Shunem, you know, go to that expense to create a room for, for Elisha? Why did we do that? She chose to build that room because she would receive a word for God in that room. She had no idea what was gonna happen. There was a whole other story that happens later in that chapter. That what happens in that room, her son actually dies. And because she built the relationship with Elijah, Elisha, when she when he came back, Elisha actually prayed and that boy was able to be resurrected and come back to life. Now, if she hadn't built the relationship with that, with the prophet, if she hadn't gone out of her way to inconvenience herself and to create a room for Elisha to stay in whenever he came back, he would not have come back to the house. And then when her son met that that demise, he would not have been able to do anything about it. Her life was changed dramatically because she heard from God when he visited, but also because in a moment of need, the space was created. And God filled that space and did something incredible. And so what we're looking for here at our church, specifically for our church, is for life change. I want people to be different. I want lives to be different. I want people who are hurting to find hope. I want people who are, who are addicted to substances to be, have that broken off of them. I want to see marriages or are on the rocks, I want to see them be healthy and whole. I want to see people who have diseases that they're struggling with to be healed. I want to see people who are struggling with depression to get beyond that and to be able to move forward. I want to see all sorts of life change. I want to see people who have struggled with lust to be, to be removed from that. I want to see people who've been, who've been dealing with loneliness their life throughout their life or insecurities. I want to see God fill those spaces and change them But in order for us to have that happen at this church, we have to make room. And so that means that we have to be willing to take some things on our backs. It means we have to say, not just that, I'm not talking about space, because we have plenty of space in the room. What we are talking about is inconveniences. It's talking about going out of our way to make invites to people. It means that when we come to church on a Sunday morning, that we don't just talk to our friends. It means that we intentionally build relationships with people who are walking in the door. It means that, that instead of maybe there's only one donut left, and if I take that donut, I'm going to give it to somebody else who maybe doesn't have a donut. You see what I'm saying? It's taking something that's ours, but then converting it so that we can make room for God to do something that we cannot do on our own. It begins with an invitation. We have to first invite people into our lives. We have to invite them to our church. But then we know that we have the strength in our numbers, in our community, so invite people to Sunday morning and we can love people together. Invite them to the life groups. Join a life group. Because as you build relationships, people will see that. You will. When the hard times come in your life, you will have a place for God to speak into your heart because of a friend or because of someone who's the life group leader who's praying over that group every week. If you want to grow in your faith, you've got to make room in your heart and in your life. So make time but that it may require some converting of space that could be used for something else. That's like making room for more at church means when we have an outreach, we need you to come to it. We need you to serve at it. And you have done a great job so far, but we need to step it up. We're starting our free market that's gonna be happening every other month. And we had it. We serve 46 families. 46 families got clothing, toiletries, and groceries. Why? Because we wanna meet needs so that those people can come to our church and know Jesus. And we're building relationships with them. I mean, we haven't had hardly anybody come to our events, the big events that we have. But we know that's not their purpose. We do that so that people can know about our church, and then we do things like the free market to meet needs and create conversations with people. And in relationships is when you find Jesus. And that's the whole point of that, and that's the whole point of our life groups. We're trying to create an expectation. So how does this break down to you and I? Let's start taking some small steps in our life. I mean, the woman and her husband built a small room. And that's what it said. It said, let's build a small room. But then God's, God filled that space and did something incredible with it. So what is it that God could do in your life? What is it that he could do in my life? If the band could come, come back up and, uh, and begin to play. The challenge for today is this, is to just simply make room. Make room in your life. Make room in our church. We want to be intentional, creating an expectation. We can't pretend that anybody is going to to walk in the doors without our attention. We have to be expecting people. We have to be expecting our friends to want to say yes if we invite them. So make room in our church. But let's first make room in our lives for him. And that's simple. That's things like, like taking some time every day and reading scripture. That's just stopping and saying, God, is there something that you want to tell me? Maybe you're struggling with a problem. Maybe you're, you don't know. You've got a difficult decision coming up or you, have, you need an answer to something. You're just wondering, I don't know what to do about this thing. I would encourage you to stop and ask God, what is it that you're trying to say to me? I mean, it's just small steps, little things. In our relationship with others, let's make room for other people. So Luke, Luke chapter six, verse thirty eight says this. And it should be on the screen as well. It says, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. The thing that I want to hammer in right here on this is that the the woman was wealthy. She had everything that she needed, but she knew that that she couldn't get anything else with her money. She couldn't get the meaning that she needed. There are your friends, there are people in your neighborhood, people in, that you have relationships with all over the place, who maybe have nice cars, they've got a great job, they have a wonderful home, they've got a lovely family, but they cannot buy, they cannot acquire peace inside without a relationship with Jesus. And so this woman gave what she had she took her money she took her effort and she built a place she created an intentional space for God to be able to move and so that's what we're asking you to do is just take some space in your life make some room here commit to this church commit to your family commit to your relationship with God take it to another level be willing to clear out some space and look in your life what is it in your life that you could say you know what this is not as priority this is not as important. What is it in your life? Thanks for listening to this message from Encounter Church. If you call Encounter Home or if you would like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterPGH.com and click on the Support Encounter tab on the left side. This is a quick and simple way to stay up to date with your regular giving. We hope you join us next week.